Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of approximately 1,000 churches in Kansas and Nebraska. As the title of this podcast suggests, I'm not ordained clergy, so what I share comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 20 years of experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teens to 90-somethings, and I'm excited to share what Scripture has to say to us in today's society, and I love to tell stories of how people live their faith. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes include interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. And other episodes include some short reflections on Scripture. Thank you for joining me. That's our dog, Susie. She's almost two years old, and that's her play bark. Now, I'm biased, but I think it's immensely cute. Now, she's part lab and part hound or pointer. We can't quite figure out which. But she's been a great friend and companion to me and my wife during this pandemic and the time of sheltering in place. But I think that feeling is mutual. You see, Susie's a rescue dog. My wife Amy and I had talked about getting another dog after we returned from a trip to the Holy Land in early 2019. Amy decided to surprise me for my birthday in June of that year. This little jet black puppy was just four months old at the time. Like most dogs, she immediately showed signs that she wanted to please us. And her sweet demeanor helped us see past those challenges that come with just about every young puppy. But one of the things I really love about Susie is that she wants to be with her people all the time. When I'm working in our home office, she lies either at the side of my desk or immediately under my feet. When we're watching TV, she sprawls out in the living room floor with one of her chew toys or jumps up in a chair that sits at kind of a weird angle that makes it tough to see the TV, but it's really great for conversation. In Susie's case, she uses the angle to keep an eye on both of us. She feels safe. She feels right at home. She feels part of the family. Now, it didn't always used to be that way. When we first brought her home, she wasn't so sure about this new environment. She would wolf down any food put in front of her, clearly worried that this opportunity for nourishment was fleeting. She had to make sure that she ate while there was actually food available. Eventually, she realized that we would always feed her. And after a while, she got used to hopping up on our bed at night for some cuddle time before willingly walking into a kennel in our room to sleep. Over time, she's gotten used to walks through our neighborhood, She's learned that exuberance that so many dogs feel sticking their heads outside the windows of moving cars. And she's even learned how to fetch a ball. But none of that happened until she found a sense of peace, a sense of belonging, a sense of being part of the family. And it's that inner peace that I want to explore in this episode. Peace is the theme of the second week of Advent. And as we work our way through the four outer candles on the Advent wreath, we're looking at what the adult Jesus taught us about why the baby Jesus had to come in the first place. Last week, we talked about Jesus' second coming as a way of him teaching us the importance of hope for an eternal future. This time, let's explore peace. Think about the broad definitions of the word peace. I have three that I think really fit in with what Jesus taught. The first is rest or relaxation after hostilities or war. The second is silence or stillness. 
And the third is a sense of safety or assurance. By the time we're finished today, I hope to help you understand where I see Jesus' teachings about all three of these contextual definitions about the word peace. So let's get to it. The primary scripture for our exploration of peace is from the book of John. This author focuses more than the writers of any of the other three Gospels on the last days of Jesus on earth before his crucifixion and resurrection. And in this passage, Jesus has gathered his disciples around him so he can explain to them what is going to happen after he leaves the earth. Let's read these words from John, chapter 14, verses 25 to 31. I'll be reading from the Common English Bible. I have spoken these things to you while I am with you. The Companion, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or afraid. You have heard me tell you, I'm going away and returning to you. If you loved me, you would be happy that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than me. I have told you before it happens so that when it happens you will believe. I won't say much more to you because the world's ruler is coming. He has nothing on me. Rather, he comes so that the world will know that I love the Father and do just as the Father has commanded me. Get up. We're leaving this place. So here's some of those words again. Peace I leave with you. And then Jesus reiterates, and I think it's to emphasize his point, my peace I give you my peace. He's talking about his inner peace. Up to now, Jesus has primarily been giving his followers his knowledge, his wisdom, his example, and, of course, his love. But now he's giving them his very own sense of peace. It's kind of like a going-away present for them. And 2,000 years later, the good news is, it's also a gift for you and me. So let's think back to those three examples of peace we talked about earlier. Rest after conflict, silence, and a sense of calm. So now let's look at those three contextual definitions of the word peace through the words and actions of Jesus. Let's start with that idea of rest after conflict. We may never have been in an actual battle, but our souls are at war all the time. And it's because the world tells us to do things contrary to what God desires for us. You see, society tells us to pick sides, doesn't it? Are you a Democrat or a Republican? Do you like country music or rock? Fox News or MSNBC? Are you pro-choice or are you anti-abortion? Are you pro-masks or anti-masks? Pro or anti-gay marriage? Pick a topic on any two sides, and society wants us to state which of those sides we're on. And by the way, the side that you don't choose, that's your enemy. Society also tells us that greed is okay. Actually, it tells us it's not only okay, it's what we're supposed to strive for. More is better. Looking out for number one above all things is important. But Jesus wants us to end the battle and help our souls find the peace in the form of rest from that conflict. If we were going to boil down Jesus' three-year ministry on earth to three bullet points, I think it gets pretty simple. Love God, love others. No exceptions noted there. That means exactly the opposite of the one-up-each-other philosophy rampant in the world today. 
And the third is to make disciples. In other words, pass along what we've learned so that others can benefit too. So why did the baby Jesus have to be born? One of the answers is to save us from these conflicts that we have within ourselves and between each other. Peace. Next, let's talk about peace in the form of quiet. world is loud, isn't it? Amid the shouting, this calls for us to always seek out bigger, better, sharper, richer, skinnier. You name it and the world is telling us, by yelling at us, that we need to conform to a certain way, almost always leading to excess. But if we really want peace, we have to pursue it. We have to stay open to it. We have to actually embrace it. For example, when I'm reading, I need the room to be pretty quiet so I can absorb and retain the information. And it's pretty much ditto for when I'm trying to write. If I'm doing either of these activities, I have to seek out the quiet. There's a reason that I do my daily devotion first thing in the morning. It's usually sometime between 5.30 and 6 a.m. That's before my wife wakes up. It's before the cats start running around and being crazy. And it's before Susie, the dog I told you about earlier, starts getting really active in the morning. I had to seek out silence so I could spend time with God in a fruitful way and absorb what God was trying to tell me. I think there's a great illustration of how this works involving the Old Testament prophet Elijah. It's a story from the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapters 18 and 19, and it's one of my favorite stories. Elijah had just shown up the prophets of the false god Baal but his bravery had left him. I'm not really sure why, but he went from being this really bravado type guy to being scared. So he runs for his life because a foreign born queen, Jezebel, wants to kill him. God provides for his nourishment and strength along his journey, but eventually God decides that Elijah's pity party is done. It's time to get back to work. The people of Israel need to get back on the path and Elijah has to be the one to help them. So basically, Elijah is seeking a sign from God that his Creator won't leave him, and is going to bolster him, keep him strong, keep him brave. Well, God tells Elijah that the Lord is going to pass by very near him. Pretty soon, a strong wind blows. This isn't your average Kansas or Nebraska straight-line wind. This is a strong wind that blew so hard that it moved stones. It broke the stones, the scripture says. But Elijah didn't hear God in that wind. Next, a mighty earthquake shakes the ground violently. Elijah didn't hear God in the rattling of that earthquake either. Then a raging fire breaks out and it singes the ground around Elijah. But again, the prophet didn't hear God in the loud crackling of those flames. After those three rather violent examples, there's peace.
quiet time follows. Finally, after all that ruckus, a faint sound. Elijah heard God in that still, small voice. And Elijah came out of that cave. He came out from hiding. And from that moment on, Elijah knew what he had to do. He headed back to serve God as a prophet to the people. Elijah had to get past the noise before he could understand fully what God wanted of him. Before that, Elijah just didn't quite understand. Jesus' peace includes the quiet, the stillness that allows us to process what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're learning, what we're supposed to be doing. So what's another reason that Jesus had to be born? So he could quiet things down for us. So we could learn what he has to teach us. So we could learn from his example. And so we could hear the many times in life that the Lord passes by us, often in the form of people we encounter along life's journey. final definition of peace that I want to explore is this idea of sense of calm. And it's at the heart of that example of my dog from earlier. Susie feels a sense of calm, a sense of belonging, when she can remain at the presence of either myself or of my wife. And it's that kind of sense of calm that Jesus is offering to his disciples in that John 14 text that we read earlier. Jesus tells his followers that there is no reason to be afraid because they're never away from him. And the companion, or the advocate, sometimes we call it the Holy Spirit, is coming. And we've talked about on this podcast before, Jesus did not want to die. He didn't want to endure pain on the cross. But his love for us was so great that he chose us over his own comfort. Now just before that passage that we read earlier, Jesus would have been explained to his disciples that he had to go. That he had to die. And it was because of our sin. The people back then, the people now, the people in the future. Jesus died as the sacrifice, once and forever, on our behalf. That may, and probably should, make us all sad. But we have to remember that there's no resurrection in eternity without that death. Jesus had to conquer death. And because of that, we have eternity. Now, it's easy to get caught up in the loss. After all, I think we can all uh, understand that 2020 has been almost nothing but loss. It's had its great moments, but wow, has this year been tough. Hundreds of thousands of deaths because of the pandemic. Lost jobs. Lost time in school. Lost experiences like senior proms, football games, cultural events, simple dinners with extended family, and nights out with friends. The world does a pretty darn good job of reminding us about loss. Jesus is the contrast to that. A relationship with him is not about loss, but rather it's about abundance. It's about going beyond life on earth and embracing an eternal life in God's presence. But that isn't possible without Jesus first being born. Without Jesus being in our presence physically on earth first. So why does the baby Jesus have to be born? So he could come to earth and give the gift of peace, of comfort in knowing that we can be forever in his presence. A sense of knowing we are adopted into his family. So as you prepare to light that second Advent candle this week, keep in mind those definitions of peace. 
Let go of any conflicts you have raging in life, either internally or with someone else. Embrace the quiet times and seek those out so you can hear, absorb, and retain what God wants from you. And finally, freely accept Jesus' gift of calm, knowing that you are part of his family. So for a quick review, last week we talked about how Jesus had to be born in the first place so we could have hope for an eternal future. This week we talked about how Jesus had to be born to provide the gift of his peace in our lives. Next time, we'll talk about how Jesus had to be born to provide joy to our world. Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifer. If you liked what you heard in this episode, please go rate us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps other people find us. And please, if you feel so inclined, share us on Facebook or other social media. Our music comes via a licensed subscription with FirstCom Music. You can find archived podcasts on my website, toddseifert.com, or via a link on the conference website, greatplainsumc.org slash podcasts. Feel free to email me any questions or suggestions to tcypher at greatplainsumc.org, and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.